Summit Medical Group is the largest physician-owned multi-specialty medical group in New Jersey. Now helping you live well and stay well with SMG Radio. Here's your host, Melanie Cole. Do you have a desire to enlarge a naturally small breast or restore the volume in your breast that you may feel that you've lost during pregnancy or any number of reasons that you would like to consider breast augmentation. My guest is Dr. Peter Hines. He's the medical director of the Plastic Surgery Center at Summit Hospital, Summit Medical Group. Welcome to the show, Dr. Hines. Tell us a little bit about why some women would consider breast augmentation. Well, thank you for having me, Melanie. Um, I think that you, in your introduction, you know, kind of described the most common reasons that women would come in for breast augmentation. It's usually younger women that uh, have always had small breasts that have made them self-conscious and want to have them enhanced so that they feel more natural in clothing or or bathing suit and and more feminine. And the other reason is that a lot of times with pregnancies, women will lose a lot of volume in their breasts and they just want to have that volume restored so that they can, again, feel more comfortable in their clothing. Okay, so it is about making us feel better about ourselves. Absolutely. I'm always uh, taken back by women that come in. They're very shy, uh, very self-conscious about their appearance. And then after surgery, just by improving the volume of their breast, they feel so much more comfortable in their clothing and much more confident. Okay, so what is involved in breast? You know, because, of course, in the media, and you've seen changes that are just unbelievable on some people. Sometimes it's noticeable, sometimes it's not. So how difficult a surgery is this, and what? How, how do women get started with it? So if a woman was interested in a breast augmentation, they would come in for a standard consultation. We would discuss their uh, concerns and what they hope to achieve with surgery. Uh, we would take some measurements, uh, and then we would have a detailed discussion about what type of implants we would recommend, the approach, the incision that we would use, what type of size they would expect it to be, the recovery process, and uh, then formulate a plan and uh, go from there in terms of scheduling the surgery. Um, there's different types of implants that are available, uh, and there's different ways that the surgery can be performed. It's not uncommon that a woman when they come in for the separate surgery, may require a small breast lift at the time of the augmentation, or they may have some asymmetry of the two sides, which may need to be addressed. And these are all discussed at the original consultation. Now, over the years, we've heard about different implant types and risks and things. Tell us about the types of implants that you use and, and which one you recommend based on you know what the woman wants. Well, today there are three main types of implants. There's a saline or water-filled implant, there's a silicone gel-filled implant, and there's a cohesive gel type of implant, which is more of a solid silicone implant. And they all you know, have their advantages and disadvantages. In the 80s and 90s, there was the breast implant controversy, which really revolved around problems related to silicone gel implants. That was a early generation uh, uh, implant that had a very flimsy shell that was very porous and the gel was very liquid and those implants had problems with uh, breaking down and and leakage. Um, There have been many studies to show that these implants did not really cause any generalized health problems, uh, but they did cause some localized problems because the implants would break. The implants today are now of a third and fourth generation product. They are much more durable in terms of the shell. The, The gel inside is either a very thick 
heavy shell, uh, heavy gel, or a solid gel, so it's much less likely to break or, or rupture. So the complication rate has dramatically decreased. In terms of which implant I would recommend, it really depends on what the patient uh, hopes to achieve. If the patient has a little bit larger breast to start with, then a saline implant is perfectly adequate. If the patient has a very small or very tight breast, then a gel implant would probably be a better implant because it's going to feel and look a little bit more natural, and it's hard, harder to hide uh, you know, with their natural breast. So if someone has naturally dense breasts, then you're going to make a particular recommendation on the way that it's going to look the most natural, the way that they're going to feel like if they're wearing a, a, a form-fitting dress, that, that it's going to not show sort of odd parts. Absolutely. And, and part of that discussion is in terms of size. You know, I always tell patients that we try to go as large as we can, but we want to keep it natural. So, you know, I do not feel that, uh, you know, making breast implants overly large is very aesthetically pleasing. I'd like to try and go for a more natural look. So most women will go for the most common differences, like from an A to a C or a B to a D, something like that. I don't recommend going too large because the larger you go, uh, the, the more unnatural it's going to look, the more you're going to take on the shape of the implant and lose the natural shape of your breast. And that's part of the discussion that we have when the patient comes in. Uh, again, Part of the discussion also would involve whether we need to tighten the skin or lift the skin because that also will change the appearance of the breast and try and keep it natural. So if someone is going to have an implant, is their ability to breastfeed affected? Absolutely not. Uh, most times the implant is placed below the muscle to protect uh, the implant, makes it easier for mammograms, and it lessens the chance of the implant getting harder, firm over time. So with the implant Behind the muscle, it's unlikely that you would have any effect on breastfeeding. And let's talk about the recovery period. So what is the recovery period for augmentation these days? So most of these surgeries are performed on an outpatient basis uh, uh, unless they're combined with other, you know, uh, plastic surgery procedures. Uh, the surgery to just uh, to perform augmentation alone usually is about an hour long. Uh, the patient is asleep, and they go home the same day. Um, usually... Um, a day or two after surgery, you know, the patient will have some swelling for the first couple of days and some discomfort, which they may need to take a pain pill. But most patients are able to return to work within a week and most exercise within about three weeks. Now, are there some people, Dr. Hines, who are not candidates for breast augmentation? Well, certainly we want to make sure that the patient has no evidence of any other breast diseases. So women that are, you know, over 30 or 40, we would want to get, make sure that they've had a most recent mammogram and had an evaluation by a breast surgeon beforehand to make sure they have no evidence of any other diseases. I would also probably not recommend an augmentation to a woman that is planning on having, you know, children within a short period of time afterwards just because her breasts are going to change with uh, pregnancy, and it's probably best to reevaluate her once she's finished having children and do the surgery. Uh, if she was, you know, 20 years old and wasn't going to have children until she's, you know, in her late 20s or 30s, that's a different story. But I would not do breast augmentation right before you're going to have children because your breasts are just going to change, and it's probably better to have that evaluated once you're finished having children. Dr. Hines, is breast augmentation typically a reversible procedure? It is reversible. So if someone comes in and uh, decides, you know what, I don't feel comfortable uh, with this uh, size breast, we could either reduce the volume 
uh, or make other adjustments, or you could even remove the implant without any harm to the breast. Wow. So, you know, this is something you don't want to go into thinking that that's the option. I mean, it'd be highly unusual. I mean, I've been doing this surgery for 20 years, and I don't think I've ever had a patient come back to me and say, you know what, I'm not happy with uh, my new breast. Can you please take out these breast implants? Um, so it, it is very unusual for a patient to want to have her breast implants uh, removed. Patients are usually very happy and, and, and feel very good about themselves after the surgery, and the, co- the complication rate with the surgery is exceptionally low. What do you expect of patients before this surgery? Do they have to lose weight? Is there anything you'd like them to do before they go in for breast augmentation? I think the most important thing is to have a realistic outlook about what to expect in terms of the results. We want to make sure that the patient and the surgeon are on the same page in terms of the size and shape and what, you know, what can be achieved. Often patients will have some asymmetries that they're not aware of, uh, and uh, I think those things need to be brought out in the original discussion. Um, but generally, you know, if a patient is in good medical health, uh, then um, there's, it's a very low-risk procedure. Uh, there's not any particular uh, activity or diet or that the patient would have to do in terms of preparing for the surgery. I uh, usually would just recommend maybe holding off on some ASP products or things that could cause uh, bleeding, you know, sh- just around the time of surgery. And is this something that is permanent, or do they need to get the implants touched up 20 years later? The implants that we put in today are meant to stay in there. Uh, So I usually tell people that unless they have a problem with their implants, the implants have changed shape or moved, or they've gained or lost a lot of weight, or the implants have gotten hard. You know, if any of those things occur, we would certainly want to reevaluate the patient, and we may need to exchange the implant or uh, do some, you know, corrective surgery. But in general, most patients, the implants, as long as they have not changed or they're just as soft, I would not uh, exchange them for any reason. They do not need to be necessarily exchanged just because of the age of the implant. And in the last 10 or 15 seconds only, Dr. Hines, please give us your best advice for women considering breast augmentation. Breast augmentation is a terrific option for women that desire to have a a larger, more enhanced appearance to their breast, whether it be something that they've been dealing with all their lives in terms of small breasts or changes that have occurred in their breasts, you know, after having had children. Uh, Breast augmentation can be combined with other surgeries, such as a lift, to give the patient a very natural look with very limited recovery and complications. You're listening to SMG Radio. Thank you for listening.